outside? Should I run and hide? How do I take my company worldwide? Do you love the law? Did you watch Hee Haw? What's the weirdest thing that you ever saw? What's it like in court? Favorite sport? Can you help with my book report? Is my hair too long? Am I right or wrong? And do you mind if I sing along to anything? Ask Alan anything in the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Ask Alan, the podcast. I'm Alan Crone, the CEO of the Crone Law Firm, and uh, I've got a, uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, our, our kids used to go to school together, uh, and, and is, he is one of the most accomplished Memphians in recent memory, and that is Mr. Ted Townsend, who's now the Chief Economic Development Officer for the Greater Memphis Chamber of Commerce. But he's done a lot of other great things, and we'll talk about that. Ted, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you so much, Alan. I appreciate this opportunity and any time to meet with you, sir. Well, as I said, we, uh, you and I went to a lot of uh, young girls' uh, birthday parties with our daughters and, and other things yeah. like that. Um, Daddy-daughter dances, yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun. A lot of fun. They've all grown up and they are and doing great things, I suppose, now. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, you and I uh, got to work together uh, quite a bit when you were with the, uh, the state of Tennessee and the Department of Economic and Community Development at the state. Tell me a little bit about yeah. that experience. Well, I, I will tell you, Alan, that really, I think, framed every, uh, everything about where I am now in my life and career. Uh, obviously, I started out from the private sector, um, co-founded a biopharmaceutical company here in the mid-2000s. And, and uh, you know, uh, that's not for the faint of heart when you do a, a startup like that, especially in pharma development. But, uh, uh, you know, hindsight is 2020. We entered into the recession and and uh, it was difficult to raise capital, especially for drug development uh, and a small company like ours uh, with Memphis-based technology. So uh, I got great advice from one of our investors, in fact, who said, you know, you got a governor who uh, is just elected, is focused on entrepreneurship and economic development. And, you know, why don't you go pay the bills for a little bit and, and do some public service? And it was a it was great advice. And so I met then Commissioner Bill Haggerty, who's now our, our U.S. Senator from Tennessee. And, and he came from the private sector. I shared my story and he said, well, Ted, we would be thrilled to have you a part of our team. So I became the regional director uh, for the uh, Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development for the greater Memphis region and um, served both Shelby County, Fayette County, Lauderdale and Tipton in that role. Uh, uh, was blessed with opportunities to become assistant commissioner of strategy. So everything outside of business development that we did, uh, I had domain over and learned a lot about the breadth and reach of that department and how we served citizens and, and businesses uh, and communities across the state. I just fell in love with the work. Uh, I, I saw the impact that it could have, how we could exact change more readily, and, and this is government, right? But we could actually turn the ship and, and make a difference. Um, every economic development announcement comes with jobs and capital investment, right? Um, and those jobs don't matter unless we fill them with people and, and our citizens deserve those opportunities. So unlocking that potential uh, was so attractive to, to me and then marrying that with 
the private sector lens that both Governor Haslam brought to public service, Bill Haggerty brought to public service. Uh, I eventually became his chief of staff and then deputy commissioner and Randy Boyd came in um, and obviously successful in the private sector in his own right and made me uh, chief operating officer as well as deputy commissioner. So I had day-to-day -day oversight of the the department and its budget, and um, it was an incredible experience. And I commuted to Nashville every week, Monday through Friday. Uh, I remained in Memphian, and that was important because Memphis is in my heart. And I wanted to always turn heads west uh, when uh, walking around the Capitol and the legislature and, and showing them the importance of Memphis to our state's economy. So that's how I got into that uh, work. And uh, I've remained in it and um, very passionate about bringing everything I learned at the state level uh, here locally to Memphis. Let Tell us, if you would, uh, what's the state's role in economic development? You know, a lot of people listening, you know, they hear about governors creating jobs or uh, economic development, but uh, the state has a role and then lo the localities have a role. What specifically is the state's role in economic development? Yeah, so uh, uh, that's a great question. And and the governors that, that I have um, heard from, they say, look, it's not the, the, the state's role to create jobs, it's the state's role to create an environment so that capital can be put to risk um, and mitigate as much of that risk as possible. And it's only when a, a governmental partner like the state of Tennessee comes into these highly complex financial transactions at the end of the day, that's what they are. And these businesses are looking at operation cost and, and talent. Uh, those are the two leading drivers. And they wanna know that they have a partner in the state that understands that, uh, that these are transactions and can uh, have those relationships with the C-suite and, and give that confidence that you know, we're, we're gonna do everything we can from uh, all aspects of your operation, whether it's regulatory, policy, um, infrastructure, training, you name it, we're gonna create the, the, um, the scaffold, if you will, for you to place that investment here, create those jobs here and, and get that return on investment. And you know, I've heard Bobby Roth, who's now commissioner of the department, say this often, that you know, the state gets these leads from businesses and, and they curate them to the point where those companies are now looking at a municipality, a location. And, and basically, it's up to the locals to close these deals. It's not up to the state. These companies have to envision themselves and their employees and their employees' families in this community and know that they will be supported. So like with, uh, with Blue Oval City and Ford, uh, the state, TVA, uh, the Jackson Chamber, the Memphis Chamber, HTL Advantage, which is a regional, rural regional economic development organization, we all came together and, and it was great teamwork, but even they all recognized that it came down to the locals to really seal that deal and, and make it a reality. So. Uh, that's typically the roles. There are variables, obviously, in all of these, but um, we're thrilled to, to play our part in that. What does the state look at when determining if a particular deal uh, is a good return on investment for the state? 
Yeah, so uh, obviously the state focuses on an industry traded cluster strategy. And what that essentially means is uh, recruiting businesses within industry sectors that are inherently strong in our state. Uh, you know, you can't change geography. And I remember Mayor Wharton saying that all the time. And Memphis is very blessed with where we're placed, um, geographically speaking. Um, but, you know, I, I, I would say that, the you know, that's essentially what they're focused on, um, making sure that that they're uh, playing off of these inherently strong sectors, uh, cultivating those relationships, working with site selection consultants as well, and, and filling that pipeline up. That's typically the strategies that we look at. And then you focus on, um, you know, the strength of our infrastructure, the, the modalities of transportation that we have here. So um, that's typically the, the state's role. And we align our clusters as closely as we can with the state so that we can leverage off of the, the strength of resources. Well, I know that during uh, the Strickland administration's first term, um, the uh, you and, and the, the various commissioners that you worked with were very instrumental in helping us keep um, St. Jude, and uh, uh, at the time, Service Master, now Terminex, number right. of opportunities to keep uh, significant uh, commerce here. And I mm -hmm. uh, know that Mayor Strickland appreciated it. Well, and, and leadership matters. And I've had experiences all across the state with mayor's offices. Uh, some, unfortunately, not realizing the importance of economic development Mayor Strickland has. And we've been very lucky to have someone like that who approaches these opportunities and understands the impact that they have, not just the business attraction, but understanding the importance of the existing companies that are here and, and the, the necessity to serve them and to continually improve our competitive positioning. So um, Mayor Strickland gets it and always has, and has been a, a reliable uh, partner and our coach in many cases when we bring these prospects in and, and, uh, and ask him to meet with them, he's always willing to do that. And, and that makes a huge difference, that accessibility and, and understanding what his administration's vision is for the Memphis area um, and, and how you know, important businesses are in that equation. So um, all of that is a, a critical component and engagement with these companies. And listen, you know, Memphis is home to three Fortune 500 global headquarters, FedEx, AutoZone, International Paper. You add St. Jude to that, in my estimation, even though they're a nonprofit, they are um, impacting the, the delivery of care to children facing cancer and other catastrophic diseases. Um, and then you consider uh, all of those that I just mentioned have gone through enormous expansions and investment. FedEx modernizing its hub, FedEx Logistics moving downtown, St. Jude uh, increasing their campus and investment and jobs there, AutoZone increasing their footprint downtown, International Paper spun out their legacy paper division and created a new entity called Silvama, which is now another headquarters that we get to call home. So um, the existing uh, businesses and retention of those is absolutely crucial to the continued growth of our economy. 
and, and growing business is important too, because, yes. uh, you know, two of those that you mentioned, uh, FedEx and AutoZone didn't start out as Bohemus. They started out as no. Memphis companies and we need to right. have a, an environment that those, that those success stories can continue to have. You know, we absolutely do. We have to focus on the full continuum of businesses because who knows if the next FedEx or AutoZone or, or other companies like that are out there now in our midst. So we can never lose sight on a, uh, a service-oriented attitude here at the Chamber in particular. And we've got a lot of resources and outreach that's focused on businesses of all sizes, whether it's the the entrepreneur, the micro, the small, uh, the uh, uh, MWBEs, minority and women uh, business enterprises, to the middle market, to the larger companies. Uh, we love to have touch points with all of them and advocacy because we know that, you know, 85% of the investors and members of the chamber are small businesses. And so our focus is how do we, you know, grow those businesses, those that want to. Uh, but we have a, an incredible entrepreneurial legacy here in Memphis. You mentioned two uh, led by visionaries and, and captains of industry. But, you know, we also introduced uh, the, the modern supermarket with Clarence Saunders, and Piggly Wiggly. We also introduced um, roadside hotels and motels for families that were beginning to explore the United States as the interstate system expanded uh, with Mr. Wilson creating Holiday Inn. So, we have a proven environment of support and nurturing and curating of these businesses. And I expect that can, to continue. And uh, don't forget sharing plow. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, the list is almost exhaustive. I, you know, it's, it's incredible the number of examples that we have here. I think Memphis has more than its share of uh, great entrepreneurial stories and great yeah. entrepreneurs. And they just must, there must be something in that uh, Memphis water. Oh, and we have uh, great, pure, clean Memphis water. Uh, what is it? 90 trillion gallons of it um, with the aquifer. And, and that's one of the, the assets and strengths that we market to companies in particular, those that are in uh, food and beverage production and, and manufacturing. Um, healthcare, it's, it's all uh, critical to that, that precious uh, resource that we have here. Now, between the state department of uh economic and community development in the Memphis Chamber. Uh, you worked mm -hmm. at my alma mater, the University of Memphis, uh, in yes. a similar position, yep. a business, uh, what, economic, uh, chief of economic development. What does a college need a chief of economic development <laughs> officer? Uh, well, I tell you, yeah, I, I you know, I, it was uh, the first of its kind. And I love being first in space and <laughs> was fortunate to uh, sit on a board with uh, then President David Rudd. It's kind of odd to say then President David Rudd. Uh, but we sat on the Memphis Research Consortium board together. And it was in September of 2017 after one of those board meetings. And I, I told David, I said, look, I'm, I'm ready to come home meaning I didn't want to commute on a weekly basis to Nashville. And if he had any ideas or, or in his sphere of influence, uh, any opportunities to, to keep me in mind, I mean, so well, your timing is perfect. And he had um, a vacancy in government relations, but he told me, he said, look, I want the university to be more present at the table of economic development. And 
Uh, so I was so very fortunate uh, to have his leadership, his mentorship, his friendship to create this opportunity for me to land into and to continue to leverage everything that I had gained in Nashville and all of the network and the, the friendships and partnerships that I'd built there uh, during the seven years that, that uh, I was a, with the, the state. So it was unique. And it ended up, I was uh, speaking at a conference nationally and someone came up to me and said, you know, I'm at uh, in the University of Texas system uh, in San Antonio, in fact, and said, we saw this model and we created it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to blaze a trail. If uh, universities are smart, they will understand the importance of, of their position in that role. And, and, you know, the university is a major economic driver. Uh, we did a economic impact study uh, during my tenure there for, uh, I was there three and a half years. And, um, you know, we quantified that. And it was the first time it had been done in, in a few years. And yeah, it's over a billion dollar economic driver every year. And, um, and so it was, it was a great opportunity. We, um, we built out the U, U of M Research Foundation Research Park, and I recruited companies in there with a great team. And, uh, and we, in fact, will be announcing another one uh, just here in a, a couple of weeks. It's a Seattle-based tech company who's locating an operation right there on campus, which is great for our students. That's right. And, you know, I, I've, I've done intellectual property litigation for a long time. And, I've, mm -hmm. you know, there were. There, there are universities that get it, and then there are universities that just kind of let all that research uh, that happens on their campus just kind of just let it play. And and yeah. and University of Memphis really, under your leadership and Dr. Rudd's leadership, really has gotten a handle on that and is focusing it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. Yeah, you know. Tech maturation and commercialization is is vital for universities. Um, it, it does a lot of things. It's not just on the commercialization side of it, but it's on the the front end uh, applied research and scientific research side of it that develops those technologies eventually that that advance into our uh, the ethos of uh, of our existence, uh, whether it's a device or you know smart technology um, sensors, you name it. But having the construct of that on a campus and this orientation of, of research and the creation of that culture, understanding the impact that it can have, uh, not just to improve the human condition, but, but also to uh, provide some crucial revenue uh, for a university, in particular, a, a public university like the U of M, uh, one of our great state universities, the second largest, in fact, and, and now that all builds toward this crescendo of becoming what is uh, designated a, a Carnegie R1 or Research One uh, University, meaning that the U of M is now among the upper echelon nationally of universities conducting research on their campuses. So that starts with uh, you know, a commitment from the Board of Trustees, the administration, and those of us who uh, plugged in and helped along the way, but but being able to, to be a Carnegie R1, you draw in more R&D dollars, more grants, and that helps foster that, that culture of, of research and, and analysis and development of technologies. And then you got to be able to do something with them. And, and I'm really proud of the work that, that uh, the UMRF 
um, meaning the University of Memphis Research Foundation has laid out for that. Well, uh, and that kind of segues nicely into your current gig, uh, uh, yeah. the same title at the, uh, at the chamber. And what's that opportunity all about? Well, that was also yet another first in space opportunity uh, where, um, you know, I knew the chamber had a need here and, and, uh, and Beverly Robertson, our president and CEO, uh, reached out and, and uh, solicited my help and guidance and advice. And of course, I'm passionate about Memphis. I want Memphis to win and uh, felt that I could help in some capacity. And, and she and, and President Rudd got together and formed this, this idea of a joint venture partnership where my time would be spent both advocating and, and working on the university's economic development strategies as married with the, the Greater Memphis Chamber. It was a great alignment, a lot of synergies. And to be able to walk into a room with a prospect and say, I bring the full breadth and reach uh, and resources of our business community from the chamber where we have, you know, 150 CEOs that make up our chairman circle and an incredible board of directors and leadership uh, in the administration at the chamber and a university <laughs> and all of its resources. It was a really unique value proposition that uh, caught a lot of people by surprise. And yes, I've transitioned over full time. Uh, a lot of that driven by the fact that we were so busy uh, in the year that I started. I started actually on 901 in 2020, um, obviously in the midst of a pandemic year, um, which turned into a three-year pandemic, it feels. And, uh, and we were just blowing and going. And I knew at that time, even though before it was disclosed that, that Ford was coming. And I felt that with that announcement in 2021, uh, it was time for me to be fully committed to this. And it's, it's the, it's my passion. It is a dream job for me. Um, and to still have that close tie and affiliation with the university is just, uh, you know, it's a dream scenario. Well, you, you said the magic words blue oval. Um, yeah. I, I don't think you can understate how important that is for West Tennessee. Can you? No, it is, it is one of those projects that continues and probably forever will live in superlatives. And what I mean by that is, is you know, we throw out transformational, we throw out largest, biggest, um, historic. This is an embodiment of all of those superlatives. So uh, let me drill into that specifically, um, you know, when, Bill Ford was here in Memphis at Shelby Farms Park. They picked that location intentionally because they wanted to show that they see this associated very closely with Memphis. Um, but he stood up there on stage and said, you know, this will be, this represents the largest investment that Ford Motor Company has ever made in its entire history. Um, yeah, that, that's where you get that wow factor. This yeah. is the first investment that they've made in what's called a green field, a, you know, literally green field, flat, ready to go. In 50 years, they've not done something like this. And this will be the most technologically advanced facility that they've ever built. A closed loop system, fully vertically integrated. Batteries will be made on site with SK Innovation, the Korean joint venture partner. 
Ford will be uh, assembling the uh, F-150 Lightning, all electric, and, um, and then they'll be recycling as well. So the facility, when it's operational in 2025, will be carbon neutral by the time the doors open. Wow. So uh, when we talk about generational change, transformational change, that's represented in the fact that they're willing to commit nearly $6 billion in capital investment, their own capital into our communities there in Haywood, Fayette County, and Shelby County is gonna be impacted, obviously. All 21 counties of West Tennessee will feel the ripple of this, but to create nearly 6,000 new jobs in our economy, innovation jobs that are based on this digital architecture that is mind-blowing. Um, they, they will essentially have robots building a highly sophisticated robot that on four wheels that happens to go zero to 60 in less than four seconds, all electric. Yeah. Um, and so we, we uh, and I borrowed this term from a friend of mine at TVA, Bill Adams, who really was the first guy to identify the mega site as, as a potential opportunity back in 2003, 2004, in that time frame. And, you know, we've all been on this journey and our different roles with the state or TVA or other uh, uh, capacities. And, you know, he said, we're, we're rewriting family trees with this announcement. And that's what it represents. It represents a pathway of participation for all of our citizenry. Um, and, and communities will be forever impacted positively for this. There'll be growing pains, no doubt about it. But if you look at the fastest growing areas in our state right now, they have an automotive manufacturer near them. Um, Rutherford County, absolutely. They have Nissan there. Um, Hamilton County, they have Volkswagen. And so everything between Haywood and the river is gonna be that next area of, of huge growth and both population and, and job growth and, and our economy. You know, if you were born uh, after 1980, 1985, somewhere in there, because I, you know, I discount the first 10 or 15 years of somebody's life really realizing the world around them. You know, someone born after that date has probably always thought of Nashville as this huge, crazy, go nuts place. Yeah. Um, but until that Saturn plant and the Nissan plant were built over there, it, it really wasn't. And I think you can trace Nashville's um, renaissance to that. And sure. I think that, you know, we're, we're in store for that, um, but not for a while yeah. in the sense that it took 20, yeah. 30 years for all of that really to, to grow and take hold. But I think that's where we're headed. I know that's where we're headed. The trajectory is, is, uh, is absolutely uh, showing us that from the modeling. Um, when you consider the fact that you just mentioned Nashville, they've got two that are in relative proximity to uh, greater Nashville. Um, and then obviously we mentioned Volkswagen and Chattanooga, but you could fit all three of those and their full footprint of operations on the mega site and still have room. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> so yes, it, it took time, but I think that the, the uh, the curve on this one is unlike anything we've ever seen. So 
I, I'm not sure that it will take 10 years, to be quite honest. I think when we look up at the, you know, let's just say the 2030 census, which is less than 10 years, um, we're going to see a totally different uh, population and a totally different mix of, of um, you know, citizenry that we have here with different skills than what we have today. So uh, I see it as a great a great resiliency and buoyancy and and almost a, a way that we can, uh, let's say, face another uh, catastrophe like a pandemic and, and weather that storm a lot better than, let's say, we did with the 2008 recession, which took Memphis 10 years to recover from, right? Right. So we only saw incremental growth in 18 and 19, 1.34% job growth. We were celebrating that at the time, but even that lagged the, the national average and Tennessee average. So we were celebrating, but, but it was also sobering. And what I'm encouraged about, Alan, is the fact that if you just look at 2021 alone, just that year, our gross regional product grew by 4.4 billion. That's a 6.2% growth in our economy, which the national average was 5.5%. So we outpaced the national average. That's only the second time in the last 10 years that Memphis has done that. So I believe that it's, it's really just going to represent that explosive growth that Nashville has experienced. And someone asked me, they said, how do you top something like Ford? I mean, that is a, a career capstone uh, in economic development. And you know what? You're right. And I tell them, you don't. But I'm going to continue to hunt for globally iconic brands to call this region their home, whether it's their headquarters, whether it's their manufacturing facility, whether it's their supply chain and logistics operations. Um, we're not letting up off the pedal because we have a tremendous wave of momentum. All right. Well, in the, the we got a little bit of time left. Uh, what's uh, what's going on in Memphis, maybe on a smaller scale that, uh, that you think is exciting? Man, I, smaller scale, um, a different scale. Uh, I will say I'll, I'll highlight the fact that uh, the Chamber, along with the University of Memphis, Startco, and Epicenter are partners in the Economic Development Administration's Build Back Better grant challenge. Uh, we are one of the 60 finalists nationally. So um, we were proud to be Tennessee's only representative uh, representative in this group, and uh, and we have submitted our phase two, and uh, and we hope that our proposal will be awarded uh, a great grant. It's a, a, a tremendous opportunity uh, for us to to secure the federal funds that will help continue to lay that that reinforcement to all of the things we've just been talking about in our economy. That's not a that's not a small scale. I mean, we're talking. You know, the range will be anywhere from 40 to $70 million per grant. So uh, we're excited about being in the game, uh, just understanding that we have a, a shot on goal uh, for these dollars, which will, in our estimation, we're going to, um, we're calling it the digital delta. This is our answer to Silicon Valley. Uh, we didn't want to be the Silicon Valley of the Mid-South. Um, uh, that's that's what they have. We have our own. We're very authentic, as you know. We grit and grind here, so we do right. things our own way. But uh, from leadership like uh, Mr. Fred Smith, uh, founder, uh, chairman of FedEx, 
he said, you know, Memphis needs to have something like this. And he, he coined it along with his, his son, Richard Smith, uh, Digital Delta. We happen to trademark it. So, um, and that is the, the platform that we want to identify this region as uh, forevermore. So we are entering Industry 4.0, the fourth industrial revolution of, of America. Uh, we are entering a digital age an innovation economy and digital Delta will uh, be our timestamp on that. Well, I can't wait to, to see that come to fruition. Um, our, uh, I've run out of time. I could talk another uh, two hours <laughs> with you, Ted. Uh, it's just this fascinating. Been great. I, I, I love what you're doing. I love what you've done. Thank you for everything you've done for Memphis and Shelby County and the state of Tennessee um, in this, uh, this career path you, you've taken. Thank you, Alan. Well, it's a true honor and privilege. Uh, we have an incredible uh, brand that's recognized internationally, and, and I just happen to have the, the opportunity to work with a team that gets to promote that on a daily basis. It's the, the, the highest honor I've ever had. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening and watching. You've enjoyed this, and of course you've enjoyed it. Why wouldn't you have enjoyed it? Of course it? they have, yes. Fascinating. Um, please share this with people. Uh, comment, let us know what you thought. Uh, we really appreciate your feedback when, when we get it. Uh, again, thank you for watching, listening. Thank you to my guest, Ted Townsend of the Memphis, uh, Greater Memphis Chamber. Ted is going to go bring some more world-class brands to Memphis and West Tennessee, and I'm going to go get some justice. So thank all right. you all very much.